Maybe to you it was called The Birds and the Bees, and maybe you were told that it was from magic or eating too many watermelon seeds. Pop culture makes it sound like it should be one big talk, when in reality, it rarely goes that way. However you were told, I want to hear about it. In this podcast, I sit down with many of my friends and hear about how they first learned about sex. This is the talk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's recording right now. I am. Welcome to my podcast. This is the talk. (laughs) I'm Miranda Barker, and I'm here with two of my great friends, (laughs) Joe and John. Hello, internet world, internet radio world. That was John. Hello, I'm Joe. Our voices <laughs> might sound kind of similar. Uh, well, so the purpose of this podcast is to talk about how your parents had the talk with you, and I'm excited to hear about both of your experiences. So, John, why don't you why don't you start us off? Okay. Well, so my father is an interesting man to describe, and to fully understand this, it's it, it's interesting to hear just from Joe here, from meeting my father at a party, what Joe has to say about how he interacted with my father for the first time. And perhaps this will give you a sense of who the man is that talked to me for the first time about this. Uh, So I met uh, John's dad at a party for John's 30th Mm -hmm. birthday, I believe. And John's uh, father is a experienced, mature man. (laughs) He's uh, he's well over six feet tall. He's he's a he's figure. a he's a big guy. Um, he's got gray hair. Very very pleasant. Very cordial man. Fairly jolly. Um, and I made some hot sauce for this party, and I left it out. And I think I warned people and mm. said it, it might be kind of spicy because it's not. It wasn't like crazy hot, but <laughs> compared to most people's hot sauces it was probably pretty hot so um and joe I, makes he grows his own ghost peppers to make his hot sauce i just want to make that known <laughs> yeah so it was a ghost pepper hot sauce but it wasn't i don't know i, I, I didn't think it was that hot but anyway so <laughs> so john's dad looks at it and he says what is that and i say it's hot sauce <laughs> and then his first thing that he does is he smells it and he says oh <laughs> Oh, that's pretty hot. He smelled it and said that. He smelled it, and in a, in a very, in a very like Minnesotan, um, you know, this isn't this isn't cream of mushroom soup <laughs> kind of reaction to to flavor or a sensation. The, the, this like my father's seasonings are salt and. A good amount of just regular ground pepper. I mean, that's what he knows for seasonings. So, so Wait, but imagine, did he try it? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he tried it. I think I think the smell was enough for him. But okay, so th- think about think about the tallest man in a room that you could imagine. I mean, not like you know, astronomically tall, but just like a guy that you're like, whoa, you know. I mean, I might be intimidated by that kind of guy, but. And the guy who doesn't really want to try the hot sauce, who just is like, oh, that's enough, just to smell it. You know, it's just like, I understand that it's hot, but I don't really care to have this. My pleasure has been experienced. Yeah, my pleasure has been experienced. So, me at like nine or ten years old or something like that, imagine this this guy 
what I've, I mean, I've talked to Miranda about this in the past, just like she asked me like, oh, you know, oh, what have the talks been? And I said, the important thing about this talk with my father was that he, his intention was to understand or, or, or to, to, to let me know that he knew that I'm not stupid, but just, just, just to know that we're on the same page as far as kind of like how life goes, how, how sex goes, how relationships go i mean he wasn't like I, I i'm talking to somebody who's stupid you know who's a little kid he's just like i i know you probably know some of this but i just want to make sure we're on the same page okay this and is that the first was, i've heard of like that a was, being that yeah. voice that's great that was the important part and that's what stuck with me and i remember the whole time i don't even remember what we talked about it was kind of just normal you know boilerplate kind of stuff like you know this is this is what's going to happen to you as you you know you go forward you're going to start feeling this and this and it, it, you know, it really doesn't even matter what the content was so much as that I was just like, my reaction to the whole thing was just like, I'm glad we're spending time together. Oh my you know, gosh. and so <laughs> that was, really it, it really doesn't, it really doesn't even matter what the content was. It really was pretty normal. It was just kind of boilerplate stuff. And you know what? I've been experienced with just like, my parents had given me some of these really good kind of like books geared towards you know younger children to answer questions like where do babies come from and stuff i think there was this one book called where do i come from and it was you know something that was at my my early childhood and family education you know like my preschool kind of it was something that was available from the you know school library kind of you know and so my parents made sure i read this book so i kind of had an understanding of this stuff and you know yeah, again, nine or ten, just like making sure we're on the same page and just like where we have an understanding. And then that was that, you know, it was like maybe 15 minutes or something like that. And the whole time I was a little bit just kind of like, yeah, I know this stuff, but I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of just glad we're spending time together, oh you know. Gosh, so yeah. so that was that was the extent of it. That's really and, sweet. And then after that it was, we continue to have on a, you know, on an as-needed basis, just talk about stuff that's important to us, you know, like, oh, how's your, you know, your relationship, how's it going, you know, how's that, how's it going for you, how are you feeling, you know, and that's, that's, that's what my talk was. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> when you started having sex did you feel like you needed to talk to him or did he like already talk to you about some of the safety basics no i mean i had a pretty good understanding of safety basics and stuff because my my school did a you know sure. i mean joe joe has said like a like a, a um here's a class on puberty that's kind of what i had in like fifth grade you know and stuff like that so i was i understood kind of what it was to be safe and to do you know to do things in a, a healthy way so it wasn't something i had to rely on my parents rely on my parents for you know yeah. um but they again they probably established a lot of that stuff early on just like with the stuff they did with me growing up i mean like i don't remember asking if i had you know i don't know if i asked like oh where do babies come from or something like that i do remember a question that i asked my mom one time i said how do you know whether a baby is a boy or a girl if if none of them have any hair when they're born because my assumption was that girls had long hair interesting and they yeah. said well it's because a boy has a penis and a girl has a vagina and i was like oh that makes sense you know <laughs> so you know that was <laughs> that was kind of that the, the answer to all that <laughs> what are your parents names my mother's name is susan my father's name is john the same as mine although john? he's jonathan bruce and i'm jonathan peter John and Susan, mm -hmm. you are now the, the marks yep. for 
how to have the talk with your kids. That's awesome. Their yeah. spirit is out on the radio, and they're not aware of it yet. But, <laughs> but they've done the world a tremendous amount of good. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe, how do you want to follow that? So mine wasn't that. <laughs> um, a little, so since, since we talked a little bit about what our ideas were about sex pre-talk the only recollection I have about what I thought of it on a conceptual level is I remember being told that a boy and a girl tie their penises together (laughs) and then a baby comes out of the butt (laughs) and some jackass kid (laughs) I like there, there are a lot of rumors that go around in central Iowa. This is one that was prevalent at the time. And, and I think that that was probably the idea until I had sex ed. Because it started around middle school. And like John said, it was a lot of, a lot of more puberty education. Mm-hmm. It yeah. talked about, or they talked about sex on a kind of high level. Like this is what happens inside of the woman's body sure. during conception. Things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do remember the line from a movie that we had to watch about a kid said that he got an erection every time the train went by. What so movie was this? It was, some, it was some sex ed movie, and there was a part about getting <laughs> erections. And this kid's like, every, every time I hear that ding, you know, away we go. Like Pavlov? Pavlov? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I think that I, when I, my parents actually addressed sex to me, and it was my mom actually, it wasn't my dad. I don't think I've ever had a sex talk from my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the context that it existed in was the night before one of my friends from youth group we had kind of hung out for a couple hours, like until maybe like eight or nine o'clock, not Male very late. Female, female, okay. female, female friend. Uh, nothing going on between us, uh, and then she left. So this must have been at least by the time when we were able to get our like farm license to sure. drive to school. You're so 14. Four, probably yeah. fourteen or so, because she was because she was able because she was able to drive to my house yeah, in the yeah. country. Um, and then the next morning, apparently my mom found a pair of my underwear behind the couch <laughs> in the room that me and my friend were in. <laughs> And I wish I could say that (laughs) the two were related. They were not. I probably just threw my underwear behind the couch because I was a 14-year-old boy. I could have been folding laundry and it fell back there. I could have been like, I don't know, walking around in the middle of the night in my underwear and I took my underwear (laughs) off and I threw it behind the couch. Anyways, it had nothing to do with sex. It had nothing to do with this girl. But my mom approaches me in the kitchen and she says, Joe... I found a pair of underwear that I think belonged to you behind the couch. And I knew what she was saying, but I didn't respond. And her response to my non-response was, Joe, pregnancies are very expensive. Oh my gosh. And that was the extent of my sex talk. I, I, when I was about 14, and I know a couple weeks later, they gave me a James Dobson book um, about sex. And it was an interesting combination of very crude descriptions of masturbation (laughs) and a weird section about like middle aged men dealing with erectile dysfunction. (laughs) So it wasn't helpful to me. (laughs) 
<laughs> it it didn't tell me anything that I didn't know that was applicable to my current situation and told me some things that I really didn't need to be thinking about. Right. Like there, there was, I remember, well, I, I specifically remember a section that said, let your partner know if you need some rubbing. <laughs> so that was basically it. That I don't one, what book it was a James Dobson book. So James, if for anyone who doesn't know, James Dobson is an evangelical Christian writer who it's like the focus on the family kind of stuff okay. where yeah. you, if, if you know, you know, if you don't look it up and you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> so basically it, it had nothing, nothing of value in regards to sexual education. <laughs> um, it was, it was the kind of book that was designed for evangelical Christian parents to like get by yeah. and like say that they did something. So yeah. basically I got, I got the sentence pregnancies are very expensive and a James Dobson book. And that, <laughs> that was the extent of my experience talking about sex with my parents. Were you the oldest or youngest? Youngest. Child? Youngest child. Yeah. So do you think that they did anything differently with your older siblings? I have no idea. I've never talked to my sister about it. Never will. Okay. My brother, I did once, and it was a very short conversation, and it was basically like verifying that we didn't get anything. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And that, and that was it. That was all we had. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... So pretty much everything that I know, I learned from public education, which is phenomenal. It's a joke. You can laugh. <laughs> and, and from friends and, and, and seeing like how they experienced sex. Right. And a lot of them were from Catholic schools. And it seemed like a lot, of the, a lot of the kids from Catholic schools, like whatever you tell them, they do the exact opposite immediately. So they probably had a pretty strict, like, their sex education was like, you will die if you do. And then immediately afterwards, they're all having sex. And that basically, I learned the most about sex in my teenage years from the Catholic kids. It's funny because you and I have that in common where we both learned about sex from Catholic kids. So that's... That's interesting. It's an American tradition. (laughs) (laughs) Callie, as someone who grew up Catholic, how did you have the talk? My sex education was very scattered over the years from different sources. And the first time I heard about, like, the first answer I got to, where do babies come from? And I was like, it's a stork, right? I've heard it's the stork. (laughs) And at that time, I was really young maybe around five or something. And then my mom would say, oh, honey, no, no, it's not from the stork. No, it's we asked God, your dad and I, to give us a gift. And we we had you in mind and we asked. (laughs) So it's not the stork, but nice try. And... Well, how lovely for you to hear that when you're five. Yeah. So I was like, oh, wow, that's nice. And then... Years later, I was like, oh, this isn't quite adding up. And, you know, the cousins would come over, and that's when I got all the education. And they were certainly not wanted, so I don't understand. <laughs> right, right. And then they said, I said, you know, what are you talking about? Like, it's it's God that uh, creates these, you know, How all the man and women you... have to do is ask God. How and there you go. How old do you think you were when this happened? Maybe like 11. Okay. That's and then, good. yeah, my cousin Sam, she goes... Well, I, you know, a man and a woman get naked in bed together, and then they rub against each other, and, you know, they rub belly buttons. 
It's in the belly button. It's in the belly button. But I think the funniest sex education I got was in eighth grade, and I was in a Catholic school, and it was very kind of Mm fear-based, like Joe was talking about. (laughs) And we staged a wedding with a man and a groom, or a a bride and a groom. And so it was two of my classmates, and they got up into the, the front of the room. We had like a fake veil we put on the girl. And all of the rest of us were like the attendants in the wedding party. But then it got weird because the teacher said, and actually the bride had five other boyfriends before the groom though, and she slept with all of them. And we're gonna have to have five volunteers come up and that's gonna be the five guys she slept with previously. And they're gonna line up behind her And then the groom actually slept with eight other women before the bride. So they're all going to line up behind him. And so they all got together. And then the teacher said, now everyone that has had sex, now the bride will have slept with all eight of the groom's previous eight (laughs) women. (laughs) And, And the groom will have slept with all five of the other women too. And then... Yeah. So that was part of what my... What was your takeaway from that? It's like, wow, you could have sex with all kinds of people. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. No, it was, it was very fear-based and heavy focus on STDs. Yeah. And why not to do it. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, just to get you scared off of it. Yeah. How do you think you would do it differently with your kids? Probably tell them what actually happened. Tell them the mechanics and actually tell them the story with yeah. honesty. Yeah, exactly. And maybe some more emotional truth behind it. And, sure. how, you know, how the emotion is involved with it as well. And yeah, how it's more than just STDs and that yeah. kind of thing. But I know the great John Waters has once said that um, without Catholicism, sex wouldn't be as dirty as it is, so... Oh, interesting. I've never heard that before. Yep. Um, well, thank you for capping this off. Do you guys want to try some of the Aldi wines? So, this is the Merlot Rosé from France, from Aldi. So you guys should try it and tell me what you think. Joe, did you not want to try it? Here, try some. Fruity notes. Tastes like a wine. It's actually pretty good. It'll do for a wine. It's it's fruity. Mm-hmm. It's like I a, do like this. For, it's sweet. Well, I think that a lot of rosés get a bad rap for being like super sugary or yeah. sweet or something. And with, this, this is, is not sugary with, at with all. With most wines, the more it tastes like juice, the more I feel obligated to say I don't like it, but the more I probably like it. Do you want to grab the beer from the freezer? Oh sure. I like that one. I feel like all the wines usually can. It's a nice advent, advent kind of a wine. Good advent wine. So I, I got this theory that they have like a random food item generator <laughs> yeah. in the back of wines that they just like punch in. Okay, here's here's the name of the wine, and then it says, oh, it goes well with like walnuts and peanut butter, <laughs> <laughs> and you know. Chocolate. Figure out the rest on yeah yeah because yeah. like it, it's always it's always like fish 
And snacks. Well, this is snacks. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is actually sponsored by Aldi, and so we have to talk nice about Aldi on this podcast. I love Aldi. <laughs> I'm not knocking Aldi. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's not sponsored, but maybe if we say it enough, it'll it'll pick up a sponsorship. It'll gain some sponsorship. Yeah, maybe. Ooh. No, but I actually, like, weirdly, I have been very impressed with the Aldi wines that I've gotten in these. I'm sorry. Did you want? Were you laughing? No, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. You know, little prayer out to all the gods, <laughs> our German friends. What's the brew, Miranda? Brew. Oh, you better finish your wine, Joe. Do you want to switch me? No, you can just pour it in there. Okay, go ahead and pour it. No, in. pour it in this one. <laughs> I'm not gonna pour your beer with the wine. Okay, so today we have a Kinru Blue Belgian White Ale. It has. Orange peel, coriander, hints of lemon citrus. Sounds like a good German beer, although it's a Belgian beer. Um, Belgians do make the best German beer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you want to try some? Let's have a taste. Oh, that's good. It tastes like uh, Mm -hmm. Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. Tastes a lot like blue. It is just like a blue. <laughs> I'm detecting a hint of rosé. <laughs> a hint of rosé. This does taste just like blue moon, but it's really good. It's just a blue moon. I love blue moon. It's a blue moon with a pretty label. Well, it's Kinneru blue, so I think it's meant to be like a, like a blue one. moon. Yeah. What? Could you describe the label, please? So, this is so on the front. It says. Kinneru blue or Kinneru blue. I think it's supposed to be like an Australian theme. Oh, although it kind of looks like African. To describe the scene, it looks like kind of bushy trees mm-hmm. on a horizon in front of what could either be a desert or a lake. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's the Great Barrier Reef. Could be the Great Barrier Reef. Can't be that. The Great Barrier Reef doesn't could, exist could anymore. Could be certain parts of Indiana. <laughs> it's hard to tell. It's from Belgium, so it says the label. So on the back, it says, Kinru Belgium White Ale features a perfect balance of orange peel, coriander, and hints of lemon citrus with a crisp, refreshing finish garnish with an orange peel. Oh, I'm sorry. Who would, who would have thought it? You guys, I'm sorry I don't have orange peels. To add, uh, to, add to your taste experience. Help yourself. No, I'm good. good. Well, thank you guys so much for chatting about how your parents You're welcome. gave me the talk. Thank you, you for having great. us on your of show. Of course. <laughs> Let's do a cheers. Cheers to an empty cup. That was fun. I'm glad we did that. (laughs) That was a good show.